0: Hey, what's going on guys? Big Duke here, one-third member of the Hogsman, And you know what's really burning my bacon right now? Uh, Especially here in the state of Pennsylvania. Some counties are lifting their uh, stay-at-home orders, and some businesses are opening up. Yet, the counties where you're told to stay home, some of the people are traveling to those other counties to go get a haircut, to uh, uh, go get different kinds of food, and, and all this other stupid shit. Like, just give it time. It's gonna reopen. I mean, your, your local Piggly Wiggly will, will open up very shortly. You don't have to go 40 miles to go get uh, a Pinot Noir from the fucking Piggly Wiggly. Just stay at home. It's that simple. I do it. And so can you time for the podcast.
1: sun to it's just like border, north of the border strong style meets street style on in. this very podcast with the Saitama Saint the Osaka superstar the mad titan of Tokyo the American Kaiju but double your pleasure double your fun because right now you get two Hogsman for the price of one he's the hombre with no nombre the hermano from another mamo He's the world's greatest, Rudo, <clears throat> El numero
2: uno. That's right. You're listening to two of the three hogsmen. Big Duke, he couldn't make it tonight. He says he's going to try and make it next week. And neither could Hunter Freeman, but fuck that guy. And you are listening to Southern California's numero uno. Pro wrestling theme podcast. Devin Sparks, tell me about your weekend. How you doing, bud?
1: Oh man, Mother's Day. So I uh, had to treat the uh, the wife, mother of my mother, of my kiddo, real well on Mother's Day. Uh, did a lot of cooking for her. Took a page out of the Hunter Freeman book mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, broke a plate, cut my foot. That was good. Um, other Sick. than that, other than that, it was good. Good weekend, man.
2: Excellent. How was your uh, Cinco de Mayo festivities? Did you celebrate it all?
1: I didn't. I actually celebrated today. Uh I got a little bored during the kids' nap. Made myself some fresh margaritas with fresh lime. So it was uh it was good. I'm I'm there rocking uh, I'm rocking a, a hangover before the end of the day. That's how you know it was a good one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I uh I celebrated Cinco de Mayo. I uh ended up beating the shit out of a Rey Mysterio Pinata. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I was actually blindfolded, so we were doing it traditional style, me and uh, my
1: neighbors. So you could claim n- non-racism on that one. I didn't know he was, I didn't know it was a luchador, I swear to God. There you go,
2: there you go. If anything happens, I can claim uh, I was blindfolded and I had no idea who I was hitting. <laughs> hey Dev, last week we had uh, Yuma on, incredible episode. What, uh, so much to say that we have to bring him back next week. Yeah. Great booking on your part. You might, I know, I might have to hand over the pen permanently over to you from, from now on.
1: <laughs> hey, well, you had the pen today. Uh, we got Heather Monroe coming on later today, so you know, if it, if it doesn't turn out well, I'm gonna blame you, and that's that.
2: I understand. I understand. It will Dev's, turn out
1: great though, because Heather's Heather's great.
2: Something right up your alley. So my mm. neighbor, big wrestling fan. I was I was out talking to him, and he he was at work, and him and his. Uh, uh, coworkers were discussing, uh, a wrestling, um, I don't even know how to say it, but what is the greatest promo of all time in your opinion?
1: Oh, Jesus. The greatest promo of all time. Yeah. If you had uh. to, if you
2: had to show somebody, Hey, this is what a wrestling promo is. Uh, and you know, you factor a lot of things in kind of like, did it move the dial was it just, you know, all that kind of stuff? Did it did it improve the guy's career? All that. Give me uh, one promo.
1: Yeah, man, I'd have to do uh, one of Flair's. I'd say probably one of Flair's, and uh, I'm thinking maybe the first time he did Space Mountain. He's just he was just on. He was just on. He would roll. It was it it was automatic for him. Um, it got to the point where it, you could put him in any circumstance against any opponent. And he would just talk and talk and talk, and it was gold. Everything that flowed off his tongue was gold. The problem with that was those were studio shows. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, you be talking about what to do for his career. Or, I mean, he was great, obviously. He's known as one of the best talkers of all time. But was he putting asses in seats? I don't know. Because every time I saw the follow-ups to those, they're always there it was another studio show. Or if it was, uh, if it was a big event, I, don't, I couldn't tell you chronologically because it wasn't a raw that you're following up on with a major pay-per-view afterwards. Um, but I would, I would put one of his as the top ever. Otherwise it'd have to be, if if it wasn't him, you'd have to say one of Hogan's or one of, one of Randy Savage's.
2: Now, what the question is one promo. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't just like say Hogan's promos, macho's promos, flair's promos. Is there a certain promo that you're like, this is the greatest of all time? This well, one's
1: that's what I said. I think I think it might be the the uh, first time he did Space Mountain. Okay. So, so so he
2: asked he asked me that question and then he, he said like obviously oh shit,
1: Austin. It might be the it might be the Austin promo. It might be the King of the Ring the King of the Ring promo. He was talking to me and,
2: and he was like, you know, obviously New Jack back in the day when he was working Smoky Mountain, he had some fantastic promos. You know, especially the one where he like drops like shout out to OJ Simpson. You know, that's two less we got to that's two less we got to worry about, which is like, whoa. But if you watch New Jack do those promos back in the day, he's speaking the truth as far as like what he feels. You know what I'm saying? Like it's real. It's real what he's saying. And obviously he's uh, exaggerating it a little bit, but you can tell it's, it's, it's coming from, you know, someplace real. And he brought that one up and I was like, yeah, but still it kept, it didn't, it didn't move New Jack to that next level, right? Right? It was just a great promo, a very memorable Mm. promo. Now that you look back at it now, you go, holy shit, I can't believe he said that. By the way, controversial for even back then, but could you imagine if somebody did a promo like that nowadays, it would be just like, you know, somebody would be apologizing left and right on, uh, on social media. But what I said to my neighbor was if you want to look at a promo that actually just one single promo that elevated a guy almost overnight it would be Austin 316 that promo because the next night on raw that's when you started seeing signs pop up Austin 316 Austin 316 I just kicked your ass all that kind of stuff and i think it was jimmy hart said uh that's the one thing you can't wrestler uh, wrestling promotions can't control is what the fans write on the signs You know, so that's when you know you're over is when the fans start bringing in signs and writing your name on them and writing your slogans on them. So that's what I would think is Austin 316.
1: Yeah, that that I would agree. That would be the one example of a promo that just absolutely made a person and a company and an era. It kicked off an era. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: my senior year of high school, I signed my yearbook, my name, and then 316 afterwards. Big mark. Big mark. Such a douche. Yeah. Such a douche. Big old back. I thought it was kick ass back in the day, dude. I thought it was kick ass.
1: Just Mike? Hey. Michael 316. Uh, Everyone thought you were <laughs> religious as hell. <laughs> what's, no. what's this guy going on about? I think
2: I think back then everybody it was almost like the suck it. Like everybody kind of knew like oh, dude. what that was.
1: I was gonna do uh, Uh Ted, you are not in on this. You you're never you're not aware of this story. So last year I was gonna make um I go to spring training every year for baseball. And two years ago I I was going out to the baseball for the Padres uh in Arizona, and we're gonna be there over um 316. We're gonna be there for Austin Day, right? And so there's a player on the team named Austin Hedges, and I'm like, oh dude, I want to get like a Padres colored shirt that just says Austin Hedges 316. I think that'd be fucking funny. And that'd be cool for like whatever. I was like, oh I'll sell some shirts. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna go sell some gimmicks in the parking lot of spring training. And uh in uh Mike, kn- <laughs> Mike yeah, I forgot knows about this. <laughs> Mike knows Hedges, or he knows his wife, or his wife knows Hedges' wife, or something like that. They know each other and one He's the catcher for the Padres. <laughs> and he goes he goes, dude. I'll just tell him. I'll, I'll just show it to him. This is sick. I'll I'll tell him about it. <laughs> I think we were driving back from Arizona. And, uh something uh, like that, yeah. Driving to or driving back. And he sends the text and he goes, Hey, check this out. Austin Hedges 316. And then he got a text back that was like, is he like religious or something? I don't get it. So <laughs> we were like, fuck this guy. So my wife. My
2: wife used to work with Austin Hedge's uh girlfriend now fiance i think actually, i think they just got married and my wife is also works with uh his wife's best friend and, and my wife and, and her are good friends so i go D- uh, devin brings this idea up to me and i'm like that's a fantastic idea you know it's baseball it's re- uh wrestling it was it was a really cool idea and you showed me kind of uh you know a sketch logo of it
1: yeah the so graphics done have-
2: up. I'm like, send that to me. I'm going to send it to my wife and I'm going to tell her to send it to uh Austin's wife. is named Maggie and Beth, my wife sends it to Maggie and somehow relays that to Austin and they get back and they're like, is that like a religious thing? Like what, we don't get it. And I was just like, oh my God, how can you not get it? Like everybody in the world, I believe should know Austin 316. At least if you're, if you are carrying a shaft and testicles, you should know what <laughs> Austin 316 is. But he had no idea. Well, you'd think so, cause his the,
0: name is also Austin. I right. mean, it's not Steve Austin, but, I mean, come on. But, he, but the, I think but he's, the, like, pretty young. No, the worst part is this would have been when he was, like, I
1: don't know, maybe he was in middle school or elementary school. But still, you. it was around the time you would have seen I, him. You I don't know about
2: that. I mean, it was in high – I was in – that was, what, 97? I, don't, I was not how old that
1: kid was, but
2: – I was – uh, I was a sophomore in high school, so and he's pretty young. Hmm. He's a pretty young kid. Crazy, right. though, man. I, it blew my mind. It blew my mind that he didn't know what it I thought every dude knew what, knew what that meant. But anyways, it was hmm. a great idea, Dev. It was a great fucking
1: idea.
0: Should have gone with yeah. Will Myers 316. He would have been real stoked.
1: Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't work, Ted. <laughs> I had something else for Will. I had one for everyone on the team. Coming, yeah, you had a, a lot away. of good stuff. You had a lot of I good did. stuff on there. I did. Gotta sell oh, well. those gimmicks. Gotta sell those gimmicks. What are you gonna
2: do, man? What are you gonna do? Hey, did you watch uh, Money in the Bank last night? I did not. Neither not did I. It. Neither did I. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I did see a clip of Rey Mysterio. Apparently, they killed him off. He got thrown <laughs> off a roof. He got thrown off the Performance Center roof by uh, my boy, Baron Corbin. Shout out to Baron. What up, dog? <laughs> But, yeah, like he, apparently Baron threw off Rey Mysterio and uh, Aleister Black off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the funny thing. It's Monday night right now, right? I was yeah. just going through my social media, and I see Rey, I think, is on tonight's Raw.
1: Is he in a full body like, cast?
2: No. And that's the thing, man. It's
1: like, <laughs>
2: wait, why? He just got thrown off a roof? Why isn't he, like... You know, he he should be out for a few months well, they now, right?
1: What they didn't show you from the other camera angle is him holding on like this, and then he skins the cat back in. Ah,
2: that's it that's, it. that's probably what we're missing. That's, that's what, we what we're missed. missing. By the way, it also... Uh, they revealed that uh, Becky Lynch is uh, pregnant.
1: Shoot. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Did not watch Raw yet. So she... You weren't going to watch Raw anyways, dog. I wasn't going to watch Raw, but that's not the point. The point is... There's someone that's listening to this right now that maybe didn't see Raw yet because the show is more important. Hogsman podcast is more important than Raw. Whatever. But you can't catch clips of the Hogman podcast online live, right? It's not live like Raw is. They're clearly doing that live at the moment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know what's weird? So I caught some clips uh, like on social media of Money in the Bank last night. And it's very uh, DDT-esque. You know the mm-hmm. Japanese promotion. No, of what I'm, not, I'm doing. not
1: familiar at all with DDT from Japan. Tell me about them.
2: No, I, I'm telling you that right now because you're familiar with it. But it, that's what <laughs> I. That, this whole the whole time I'm am watching these little clips of the Money in the Bank matches, and it's very much like DDT. Uh, it's very similar to DDT right. because they're making all these. They're they're wrestling in weird areas. They're running through the halls. Doing all this kind of stuff. And that's something that you've you've noticed in the back in the day is just how wacky DDT can be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, that's right. Uh, I've seen them wrestle in lakes and rivers, uh, wrestling on trains, subways and whatnot. That's pretty cool. Um, got fireworks <laughs> shot at my ass <laughs> wrestling outside. So
2: That's one of the best things <laughs> is... Uh, uh, God, why, why is his name? Uh, it's, it's, I'm forgetting it right now. Your boy. Oh, uh, Rick. No, no, no. Abushi. Uh, Abushi. He's one of the greatest, he's probably one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now, but you watch videos of him just doing ridiculous stuff, you know, like taking spears into lakes, Oh yeah. you know, taking backdrops into lakes, into water. Just like, you know, the guy is like, okay, I can, I can kill it in the ring but also I'm down to do this fucking dumb shit over here. You know, like he's like, he, he doesn't take himself too seriously. It seems like,
1: you know, what's funny uh, going into that match we had with him. So he was like, he's like, Oh, I do this. And that. he's like, Oh, my neck is all, you know, sore. <laughs> Rick was like, maybe, uh, maybe stop doing moon salts and taking all those crazy, you know, moves on your neck. He's like, really? You think so? He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure <laughs> so we're going over the match, right? It, it, at one point in the match, Ibushi does a, uh, a moonsault off the top of a moving truck to us down below. We catch him. Before that, I'm like, whoa, 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 hey! Before that, how about I follow you up there? You hit me with your like strike spot, and I'll, you know, I'll bump on top of the moving truck, and then do your like running, uh, what is that? A running shooting star press? S- running, yeah. Do your running shooting star to me on the top of that. Then turn around and do your moonsault off the top. And he looks at me he's like you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm fucking crazy. I've seen you jump off the top of a. He got he got uh, banned from an arena because he dove off the top of a one of the one or two levels up, at an arena before uh, against uh, Kenny Omega. One, it was like one of their Peter Pan shows or something. Damn. But he looked at me and said I was crazy. I'm like You're, I'm just trying to get over, brother. I like <laughs> how he I
2: like how he thought that was crazy, but shooting bottle rockets at you, yeah, was was perfectly okay. That's normal. You know? Yeah, you that gotta normal. get that over. Normal. <laughs> But yeah, that's it's just kind of crazy how, you know, people, you know, uh, old school wrestling fans that are true to like the actual professional wrestling. You know, they want it in the ring, they want it serious, all that kind of stuff. But you start to see that that DDT and like those kind of comedy uh, promotions and the wild, you know, out of you know, wild. Different uh, environments people are wrestling in It's starting to slip into mainstream wrestling Like WWE or WWE
1: Well it's like <clears throat> I forget what the exact phrase is But um, you know The situation that they're being forced into Is breeding creativity right They can't mm-hmm. do it the same So you gotta do it different What can you do that's different Ah we'll we'll pre-record it Okay what can we do with pre-recording Oh well, we can throw some crash pads in there too And do bigger spots Okay then what Well let's use the whole building What if we walked in on Vince McMahon <laughs> Taking notes or whatever it was Like they got to find something to do. Um, Actually, I know we've talked about it every week, but this is kind of concerning to me. I was talking to some of our pals uh, who wrestle out in Arizona today um, and uh, just about like, hey, have you heard anything? Because I've seen uh, Arizona's relaxing some of their laws. I saw, uh, you know, level up is going to be seems like maybe there's going to be a soft reopening or something, a reopening planned in the future as soon as they lift the ban here. And it's like, okay, well, at what point can you do shows again, live shows and who's going to attend these live shows and how many people are going to be there? And is it going to be worth anyone's fucking time? Um, No news out of that camp. But I think everyone's going to follow suit with what WWE and AEW does, obviously. And I don't think WWE is going to be traveling for a long time. And that's what scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Because if they're not traveling, if they're not doing tour dates, and they're not doing live shows, <clears throat> what's everyone else going to do? Are you going to do live shows? Are you going to do live show? If, if you can do 30 people, if they say you can do a live show with 30 people, everyone has to be spaced six feet apart. Is that going to be an event that people are going to pay to do? Or are they going to go, that's fucking stupid. I'm not going to pay money to go to a show. First of all, now the price of admission has gone up. If you can put 30 people, on, 30 people and 30 people... Oh shit! It's 150 bucks a person. 150 Mm. bucks for 30 people. Are they gonna do it? Maybe. Maybe. And we've seen we've seen, uh, you know, uh, PCW did a great job of you know selling out their front rows for 150 bucks, 175 bucks. I know uh, SoCal Pro for some of their bigger events. They they charge good money up front too. But those also include autograph packages and what now, whatnot. But you can't sweeten the pot like that anymore. So now it's just. You want to get your foot in the door, you're going to have to pay some money because it's it's going to be ugly otherwise.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of these smaller promotions, local promotions maybe doing Facebook live matches, you know, doing shows but having no attendance, just the wrestlers, you know, and just doing Facebook live or maybe record it, put it on YouTube. Maybe yeah, you can't you're not you might not make money off of it. But you gotta keep your name relevant, right? You gotta, out of sight, out of mind. So you might have to do stuff like this just to to keep the fans like, hey, we're still here. We're still around. I don't know, it's
1: crazy. Well, first things first, you are gonna absolutely see these these dojo style, student style sh- showcases uh, that a lot of these places have. You're gonna see um, the studio setting shows with no one there. Um, but the problem with that is gonna be at these, you're still gonna wanna shoot how many people how many matches in the same day right if this is all mm-hmm. going to be recorded all right fuck it let's get everyone here let's record 12 matches maybe or maybe you have 12 guys there and you're going to pair you're not going to just wrestle once and go home right you're going to need footage for the rest of the month so now you're going to wrestle 6 matches with you're going to pair up with everyone there and you're going to spend a whole day recording this but then you're, you're talking about social distancing stuff and, and, and staying away. If, if everyone's going to record all their shows like that, then you're going to have the problem of people getting sick again.
2: It's crazy, man. It's a wild world we're living in right
1: now, dude. Well, Bundesliga... Um, german soccer oh yes german soccer starting up this saturday i you bet your ass i'm gonna wake up and pop a beer at 9 30 in the morning to watch whoever the hell's playing dortmund i think is playing someone but to watch live sports again is going to be a dream come true and shout out
2: to to our german listeners we do have german listeners
1: that's right uh alex right we appreciate you brother but (laughs) but uh that'll be the first one. We'll see how that goes. I think they've uh, announced that the premier league is going to open up in June. Um, but these are different. This is not contact sports. You're not putting anyone in a headlock for the most part. Um, it it, wrestling is going to be a weird case study.
2: You know, I mean, baseball, obviously like there's no real contact with baseball, right? You might be able to get that open fairly soon. Football. Uh, they might have to go to flag, fo- uh, flag football. <laughs> right? Like, can you imagine that? Because that's, that's a, that's a, that's a context I don't know, sport.
1: man. I think you'd throw a filter on those masks. <laughs> throw a filter on the face mask. <laughs> How sick would, would it be, work.
2: though, if you saw the NFL and they were playing fa- flag football?
1: Mm. I would not be sick. That would be terrible. <laughs> no, no interest. They're
2: like, no, we got to get this open. We've got to we do just, something. What
1: if they just play in hazmat suits? That would be cool. Sick. Sick. Hmm.
2: Dev, should we move forward and bring on our uh, our guest? Let's move on, dude. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna take a, a short break and we're gonna come back with Heather uh, Monroe. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you to Ten Barrel Brewing Pub Beer cheap Fun Beer. What's up uh, for providing us beer? We appreciate that always. always, always.
0: This is Heather Monroe, and you're listening to The Hogsman Podcast.
2: All right, we're back with the Queen of Southern California Wrestling, and I'm going to personally dub you that. We got uh, Heather Monroe with us. Heather. Heather. Appreciate you joining us. How's everything going? How's your quarantine? Oh,
3: I, you know, going just the way that I, everyone would probably expect it to be going. Just trying to maintain my sanity and, uh, live life while I can't wrestle. You know, there's a lot of this.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> that's been going along, going around a lot with us. Uh, Heather, just uh, big news here. You are our first intergender interview. Just want to say that. Oh, my gosh. So welcome
3: to the show. How lucky Fun- for you guys.
2: Exactly. Fun fact about Heather. Uh, her Heather and my wife are the uh, alumni of the same college, Iowa Hawkeyes.
3: Yes, go Hawks.
2: And you went to school for actressing? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yes, I do have a Bachelor of Fine Arts because I uh, I got a degree in theater and cinema, which um, actually I do use now, but um, took me a little bit for that to actually pan out.
2: No, I think that's a definitely an advantage uh, having that kind of background, because I think probably what 70 percent of this stuff is is more acting. Right. I mean, yeah, you can throw in like cool flips and all that shit if you want to. But I think you get away with this. Just-
1: I don't and I get away with it.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite part of wrestling. So that it kind of worked out and I did a lot of improv uh, when I first moved out to Los Angeles too. So that's kind of like in my blood.
2: Mm. How, uh, so you grew up in, in uh, Des Moines.
3: Uh, yeah. Like right outside of Des Moines in a town called Altoona, Iowa.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you found yourself in uh, Los Angeles after college.
3: Yeah, I moved right after I graduated.
2: And you were uh, pursuing a a dream of being a actress, actor, I don't know what do you call it? Like is there yeah, is there a, an actress? A now? Yeah. Actress.
3: Well, I think there's like the move to be everybody's an actor t- type of thing, but I'm not out of, I'm not in that scene anymore, so I don't know. Oh,
2: sweet. So how you, how did you <clears throat> How would you Real stumble quick. across uh oh, okay, go ahead,
1: Dev. God damn you, Mike i gonna say, uh, I don't know if, I don't know any background on this or not, but um, I mean, you have acting background, obviously you're wrestling. Um, when Glow came up, was there any conversation about that? Did you attend anything that might've got you in a future episode or?
3: Um, I don't know, no. cast,
1: casting call or something.
3: Yeah, they, they didn't really cast any wrestlers. There was like yeah. one wrestler. They I think they were looking more to hire just straight up actresses mm. and use them. But I know this most recent, recent season that they're filming kind of focuses more on independent wrestling, so they have been using more people for that and uh, looking for – I've been contacted a couple of times for auditions and um, most recently for, like, stand-in work and, like, Mm. I think more, like, stunt-type work, Um, but that was literally right before all this happened, (laughs) so – who knows Great,
2: t- what's great time happening
3: to with bust that. into the business. Yeah. Was, that's like the story of my career uh, right now is like, it was like hit, about to hit its peak and coronavirus. I know. Um,
2: <laughs> so big news out of the Santino's camp. Uh, the school had to shut down. Now I'm thinking this is just what a little part. I'm thinking it's a part-time thing, but, uh, Tell, tell me, you know, how you feel about that. What happened? How did you guys learn? Give
3: uh, us your thoughts. Yeah. So that's, like, obviously really – it was so sad. Like, that's that's been their home for 10 years. And they uh, just had to make the decision that it wasn't worth it to pay for the um, facilities. So they moved everything into a storage unit. And they're pretty much – I I totally agree with what they decided to do. I think it was really smart. They just couldn't handle if somebody got sick and anything worse than that, they just like couldn't have that on their, on their brains. And so they decided to move everything to storage facility. And the plan is to, once everything's good to go, once there's a vaccine or a a like sustainable treatment that they're going to hopefully move to a bigger place. Yeah.
2: Because I mean, there is a demand, obviously you have a lot of students up there. Uh, The, 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 tryouts keep getting bigger it looks like for Santino's. Santino's has an incredible rep. So, I think uh, you know, right when all this stuff gets lifted, I think you guys will you'll jump right back. You'll find a new place or you go back to the same place and you and you get right back on that horse. That's what I'm I'm thinking at least.
3: Yeah, and we all the thing that was like really beautiful about the whole thing, like I know how much Santino's means to me and I know how much it means to the people that I'm close to there, like like Jake and Brody and and the people that I train with um, more consistently, but I don't think I realized how much it meant to everybody else. So once this all happened, we all really came together and we're like, what can we do to help? Like, how can we keep it alive? And um, that's the thing I've always loved about Santino's is it really truly feels like a family. Uh, and that really like made it seem even more like that to me.
2: What, uh, what brought you in? I mean, okay. So you come out to LA, you want to be an actress. You're, you're probably, doing all the casting stuff it probably sucks but uh and then you go okay i want to be a wrestler how the hell how uh, like how did a young lady like you get into professional wrestling
3: well okay so i started watching it in 2001 when like lita and the hardy boys were like my everything And so I I watched back then and I was like convinced that I was going to be a wrestler. I was like, I'm going to do it. And my mom was like, no, you're not going to do that. But I would like do all the regular things like trampoline wrestling and like uh, wrestling in the, during the pay-per-views, I would have like pay-per-view parties and everyone would come over and we'd all watch together. Um, And I kind of like watched it off and on through my whole life. Um, And then once I was doing the auditioning and I, hated it hated the like scene of like just the kind of the people that i was surrounded by i didn't like um in terms of like doing the auditions and like the networking and stuff um so i was watching i started watching total divas (laughs) and um yeah and i was like it that's what brought me back into wrestling i watched total divas and i was like holy crap uh remember how much i love this and so I kind of like started falling down YouTube rabbit holes cause I had missed so much. Cause I hadn't watched since college. Like I really watched my, my freshman year of college, like hardcore with shimmer and all that kind of stuff and Joshi wrestling. And then that was my first experience back to it. And I was like, I'm not really loving this acting thing. So Google found Knox pro and then found Santino Bros, and Santino's was just seemed like a better fit for me. And
2: here I am. You guys actually do get a lot of girls through that school, which I, it's weird. I uh, Dev, have you got, Have you uh, trained with a lot of female wrestlers throughout your years? No, that's same here. We've at I trained at SoCal Pro, and we had two girls come through, and both of them it was due to WWE tryouts. They have a lot of followers on Instagram and WWE hits them up and says, Hey, come be a wrestler. And I always say this, everybody loves being a wrestler when there's a straight shot to, you know, the big leagues. And, but when that straight shot starts to become a little bit more windier, maybe some U-turns, all that kind of stuff, that kind of tests how much you really want to do this because it's painful. It's hard. And some if, if your brain, if you don't actually have passion for wrestling, you're, you're not going to make it far. So we had two girls that have done that. And, and you know, if they, they fell off. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do notice that you girls up at Santino's, there's a there's a lot of you, basically.
3: Yeah. And it wasn't like that before I got there. Um, I did have four girls in my class which was, I think, one of the biggest amounts that they had had. I know Ruby had gone through like a private train. She did private training. Um, but other than that, it was just me, Thunder Kitty and Mariah were the only graduates of Santino's that were females. And after that, that's why they had me help start help training once I made it through, because they were like, we need the girls that come through to see that there's somebody that they can relate to. And once I started helping training and, and Ruby kind of came in a little bit more and helped start training. That's when we really had retention of the females. And like, that's when we got Viva van, we had Simone, uh, Sarah, the rebel, we had like a bunch, a big explosion of girls after that. And there's, there's some really good girls training there right now. Um, There's a girl, Sephora, who's, Oh, it's just suck. She was like, it's going to debut. And she's so good already. So, um, I'm really excited for once that comes back for those, for those girls and, and the rest of the guys that were working hard to get there, been there for a year, you know, like training. So,
2: yeah. yeah. Do you have any questions for, uh, for Heather?
1: Um, uh, no, I mean, I just imagine the whole experience is different, but it was funny. You said, um, you know, for acting, you hated the uh, networking part of it. So wrestling, tell me
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that would be better. I won't have to network there.
3: Well, to be honest, it's kind of more, it was more for me. I was like, there's more of a clear shot to be a wrestler than there was to be an actress. Because it's like, even no matter what level you're at with wrestling, you're still doing shows. And that wasn't really happening with acting. There's student films, but it was kind of like, I wasn't really getting to the next level ever. And it wasn't like, if you do this, you're definitely going to be able to do this. And with wrestling, I think there was more of a clear shot for that. And I got really, really lucky with my situation of I wrestled or trained for a year. And then I tried out, I auditioned for a tour with a band Pussifer and was able to wrestle for nine months on a tour for five days a week So it was like, I just took off like that, actually seeing progress.
1: That's awesome.
2: So
3: there was never like a question for me with that because I think I got lucky with that situation.
2: Uh, Heather, did you see like, you know, I think women's wrestling kind of just got bigger lately in the past few years. I mean, would you agree with that?
3: I 10,000. A percent agree. And it's because of total divas. I can tell you that right now. It's because, (laughs) it's, it's because of Lita and Trish and those women, that's who inspired the girls that watched wrestling. And then total divas inspired a huge amount of new people to watch wrestling and plenty of girls to be like, Oh my God. Amazing.
2: Yeah. I, uh, these girls that came through, uh, through SoCal pro, good looking girls, man. And I was like, if they learn how to work, you know, strap a rocket to them because that, you know, they're going to have promoters hitting them up left and right. But, and that's a good thing with like, I think back in the day, you know, just maybe even a handful of years ago, there wasn't as much women's wrestling. And now that there is, there's only, there's not as many wrestlers. So there's not as much competition. Am I correct on that? So like you get, it's a better opportunity for you.
3: Well, kind of, it's, it's this weird thing where there is because there is more women from like different backgrounds coming in that weren't necessarily wrestling fans I think there's more people on the field right now but I think there's more of a demand for good women's wrestling now too and um, so I think people actually care about that more than just oh we have to have a women's match on the card and we don't care who it is or how good they are and I think I got really lucky coming into the business when I did for multiple reasons for women's wrestling being taken more seriously and just for wrestling being a bigger more popular thing
1: yeah, and well, there's <clears throat> there's a ton of landing spots for women right now too that are great landing spots. Not just you know, oh hey, this is a good place to work. That would be a good. I kind of want to work there. I mean, there's there's probably right now ten phenomenal landing spots if you're you know an up and coming women's wrestler or you're trying to make a name for yourself. That really you wrestle those places and your your name is in the spotlight all over the country and in the world in some cases.
3: Yeah, and I think too, intergender wrestling becoming a much bigger thing is giving more women opportunities to be seen in a different light and to just have more people to work with especially in california like there's no girls in southern california except for like the santino girls and like three other people you have to go up north for a couple more
2: that's about right i uh i i've only done one intergender match Dev. i don't think you haven't done too many right maybe one or two
1: i did like one or two
2: and I think it's fine. You know, there's some people, the traditionalists, that maybe don't like it as much. Uh, and I can understand the argument, but I'm fine with doing an a intergender match. And, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's the same as a big guy versus a little guy or any kind of situation. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. I think that's the, the important thing is if you come in and, and if, if it's 100% equal uh, on both sides, like strength-wise and all that, I don't know, just make it look like, like it's a legit Fight. uh Right? Am I correct on that, Dev?
1: <laughs> don't drag me into this. I don't know no, what to do with my hands uh, right now. I don't know no, what to do with my right hands. I I I I like it because I like Mortal Kombat. Like I like that aspect of it, right? You could have Sonya Blade go up against Goro in Mortal Kombat or you could have Sonya Blade go up against, you know, Johnny Cage, whatever the case is. So I I enjoy that aspect of it and I think there's ways to make it cool. But it doesn't have to be that. I mean, there's comedy wrestling still with women and men going at it. It's it's it, as long as it's entertaining, honestly, if it's entertaining, it gives a shit.
2: Heather, what do you think? Whenever you go into a match and you got like uh say like you're working a Brian Cage as opposed to an Eli Everfly, what uh, you know, is there is there a kind of a different mindset in your head going into those kind of matches?
3: yeah especially but you know Eli just throws me around and punches me straight in the face so it's fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to that he was hit my that, trainer hit that <laughs> hit that no, I'm
3: just kidding Eli <laughs> will slap me before Brian Cage does um but <laughs> uh no I I definitely go in with a different mindset uh for those just the same way I go into it differently if I'm wrestling Ruby as opposed to like if I'm wrestling Simone you know what I mean like it's it's how you wrestle anybody but um I think, uh, it also depends just in general who you're wrestling and how they want to portray themselves too, in that situation, especially with guys. Um, I know there's guys that are super game to do whatever, like Joey, obviously Joey Ryan wrestled him a million times and he will do whatever, like he doesn't care. Like he, he's just going to go out there. And like you said, Devin, like, inter- it's just about entertainment. doesn't really matter. But um, there's, like, Tyler Bateman. If I wrestle Bateman, it's going to be a completely different match than that. But he's going to still want to make me look good, but in a way that makes sense to him and his style. And when I wrestled him, it was mostly him beating me down and me coming back and, like, showing heart and that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It's way different than if I wrestle someone like Joey.
2: Yeah. Well, let's get out of the, let's get out of the seriousness. Heather. <laughs> You and I, we've done extra work together plenty of times. Mm -hmm. Give me a horror story from backstage doing extra work. We've all buried ourselves on this, on this, uh, podcast.
3: (laughs) I don't know if I want to, (laughs) (laughs) um, I actually, there the only like horror things that have happened for me doing extra work is the spaces that they put you in. Like, were you with us when we were in the laundry room? Uh, where was that at? I think it was in San Diego.
2: Uh, the only time I remember doing San Diego, they had, a, they, they curtained us off. They, oh, you know,
3: yes. Then maybe it was in a different spot, but that, that place, they put me, I think I was the only one because there was that Rachel girl. there was a girl named Rachel who had started my beginners class with me way back when, because she had a tryout and she did a bunch of extra work and she can't wrestle. So they wanted me to do a match on smackdown and they told me that the day before that they were going to have me do a match and she was like well it's all you because
0: <laughs> i'm not, i
3: can't wrestle and so she didn't even show up to smackdown so they put me in mark carano's like actual room like the talent relations room because it was just me and then the rest of you guys were put into like a roped off like area uh
2: you actually made
1: tv right
3: not that time, no. They told me you, I was going to do it, and then they didn't talk to me at all that day.
1: You, I think you made TV the night I was there, uh, that the women did their ladder match for uh, the women's championship on, I think it was SmackDown, no? Or,
3: no, I, I did Raw against Nia Jax, and that was when I was brand new. That was little, like, I was a year in.
2: Uh, hmm. How did, uh? by the way, how did that conversation with Nia going over the match go?
3: Easy. She was super easy to work with. Like, she... She knew they knew what they wanted to do, you know, like Finley and um, I believe Sarah Stock was also the agent for that, and they were like, "Okay, well, what do you want to do?" And she was like, "Here, here's what I'm thinking. Here's a couple of things I've been trying, like in the house shows," and they kind of like narrowed it down to like what we should do. And Finley wanted me, like Finley was giving me hope spots, which I was like surprised about he's like you just slap the shit out of her and like that kind of sound like okay
0: sure and he's like and they
3: were like no just like you have to do it like even when we were just like going over stuff in the ring they're like just do it just like full force do it like while we were rehearsing which was like the same experience I had with Impact and Gail Kim she wanted me to see she wanted to see how I was gonna do it she didn't just want me to go through the motions even while we were like kind of going over stuff uh, which I thought was interesting but um it was easy to work with Naya. She she hits hard but not in the wrong places. Like you know what I mean? Like she was I was totally fine with her.
2: I'm jealous. I never got a My- chance. <laughs> turns out it turns out I, I look too much like uh... Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. I remember that. To get on. Were you? Were you you there? there? Heather, were you there? That that was the
3: one I was there for when they like just sat there and he was like, hmm, no. (laughs) No." (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) yes. I think. I think like every extra. Every time I've done extra, I think Heather's been there.
3: I I did it a couple times and then I was over it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's good money. "Mm -hmm." It's good money. It's fun experience, but it starts to kind of be like, eh. Do I really? I don't know.
3: Yeah, Um, but. It is what it is. It's part of the process.
2: Yeah. Go for it, Dev.
1: What were you going to say, bud? Uh, Don't be sexist, dog. Ask the question you ask all the wrestlers when they're on this show.
2: I was going (laughs) to, I thought about this. I thought about this. But uh, so normally I would ask a wrestler if they ever shit themselves in the ring. But (laughs) since my parents raised me with manners and to respect women, and that's also been scientifically proven that women don't go number two. (laughs)
3: <laughs> right
2: <laughs> but I'll, I'll ask you this Heather because I, I know you're uh, you, you like to have fun <laughs> I'm gonna give you an F Mary kill situation
3: oh okay and before anybody I'd starts rather has- tell you if I shit myself in the ring <laughs> now, so, before,
2: before, anybody, <laughs> before anybody before anybody starts hashtagging me too on this your your choices are beer, wine, liquor. Go f marry kill.
0: Oh uh,
3: oh, that's hard. I think I would I would marry wine because it would comfort me a lot, and then I would uh, f beer and kill liquor.
2: Hmm. I, I agree with that. I probably I mean I probably marry beer, but
1: yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah I'll, I'll,
3: yeah,
1: I'll marry beer. Yeah, wine. Wine hear? can get the fuck out of here.
3: Well, but I will tell you, <laughs> just... I will tell you that I have never shit myself in the ring. All
1: right,
2: and I
3: would tell you if I yeah, did because I am an oversharer.
2: You ever, uh-huh. you're, you're, you ever been in the ring with somebody that shit themselves?
3: No, but you know what? I, I have peed, I have peed myself a little. <laughs> like, you know, when you take a bump a little bit too hard, yeah. yep, I've done yep. that. And, uh, that's about it though. I'm, I've been very fortunate not to have <laughs> done that because I've truly have been very hungover Sometimes in matches where I thought it might happen, and <laughs> <laughs> it did not. So, well,
1: you're talking to Mike here, who he blabs about that. It's it's a it's a badge of honor for him. And every yes, time someone comes on the show, hey guys, uh, you you ever shit yourself in the ring? No, never ever. Until last week when we finally had you on. He's like, of course. I shit myself
3: in of the course ring course, yeah and
1: then he finally felt vindicated but I'm like dude it's not uh it's not a thing it's not it's
3: not it's not
2: a it's thing because people don't go around bragging about it but I guarantee it happens more than you think Heather back me up on that
3: <laughs> I genuinely well I've only heard stories from like other podcasts like I remember CM Punk telling a story about that or was it the ring or it was that when he was like running a marathon or something
2: uh, no, I heard uh, CM Punk shit himself. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. and Darren uh, Darren Young mm, has oh, yeah? talked about it too. I'm telling you, man, you and he was wearing baby enough? blue trunks. I, if I remember correctly. Oh, good lord! Yeah, you go,
2: you go into the ring enough, eventually it's going to happen, man. Actually, going to happen?
3: Me, we were having this. Me and my sister <laughs> were having this conversation the other day about how. Oh yeah, it was my me and my cousins and my sister have like a Zoom thing now because quarantine, and we were talking about. Uh, like shitting yourself pretty much just anywhere. Not not necessarily, (laughs) not necessarily in the ring, but it's like, my sister was convinced. She's like, it's a thing everybody's done. And I was like, I've I've never done that. Like I've never not been able to make it. I've never been so drunk. I've done it, but it's, there was a couple stories. There was definitely a couple stories.
2: Dude, I've done it more times in my life than I care to. Like my, my, actually my wife, uh, she caught me one time. <laughs> it's, before, it's before we lived together and for some reason man i don't know what happened and i sprayed down i, I lived in a studio it was an awesome studio. It was in a pb and i just sprayed down the shorts outside it was board shorts oh, and she, she, she comes well she comes over and she just goes did you shit your pants and i was like i'm not even gonna lie yeah i did let's let's move on and that's the test
3: that's yeah you guys are together She she stayed with me that was very
2: early in the in the uh, relationship too. you want to hear a funny thing also with the f mary kill yes so my wife and i we, we we met each other working at a bar or a nightclub and nightclub sexual harassment laws like you really got to be a creepy fuck to get like a, a, a sexual harassment you know to, to hr to hr on you and so we're all standing out front a bunch of us and we're doing f mary kills real professional right and uh, my wife is doing it. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm doing it. And they keep throwing my We're doing it with employees. And they keep throwing my wife in it. I, I did like three scenarios. My wife, we weren't even dating at the time. She was just Beth. She got thrown into the situation every single time. I married her every single time. Mm-hmm. Really sweet, right? Super sweet. Then they ask her multiple scenarios. I'm involved every single scenario. She kills me every single fucking time. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so ted Ted,
1: save this and use it as evidence
3: a true love story i bring it up
2: all the time to her i'm like remember that time you killed me like multiple times
3: i really like playing f mary kill and that's like one of the go-to road trip games that we play up to glam (laughs) mainly because saint sinclair makes us do it every time
2: (laughs) (laughs) what about uh you've been a hood slam a lot lately right heather
3: yeah, they have the women's show glam.
2: <clears throat> I want to, uh, that's one place I definitely want to work is, head, is Hood Slam. Tell me about that that atmosphere, the crowd, all that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, those those type of crowds that get to stand around the ring and just get to party. And like, there are a lot of like, that's that's the only wrestling show they know, the only show they go to, and they just like have the best time ever when they're there. Glam, glam and Bar are like my favorite favorite shows to do because of that, because the atmosphere is just positive. There's no people being like, you fucked up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no one thinking they know better than the wrestler. Um, and it's, it just makes for a much more positive atmosphere where, and the locker room is, is amazing at glam too. I think it's one of the most supportive, lovely locker rooms to, that I've ever been a part of. Cause it's just a bunch of like women that really, want to see each other do well. And like, we're all friends. And then the guys that are on it too, are like very down with intergender wrestling and um, like what glam was trying to do, which is give a platform to the women in SoCal and NorCal.
2: Yeah, I could see. Uh, I mean, definitely bar has done an incredible job. As far as I think the crossover, like you're not going to see people that probably at our bar at just a regular hardcore independent wrestling show, right?
3: Um, You have the regular, like, uh, fans around, too, but it's it's a lot of this is their first and only show besides, like, watching WWE or, like, AEW. It's a lot of, I think, PWG-type people, too, where it's, like, that's, yeah, they don't go to other wrestling shows. That's the only ones.
2: Would you say, like, so favorite venue... Not promotion, venue. What's your favorite venue wrestle at?
3: Ooh, I really like the bootleg that bar wrestles at. Oh right. It, yeah, it's it's the uh the Los Angeles location that's like on Beverly. And it's it's just like a more um like it's a smaller space, but it like the lighting's awesome and the crowd always feels like really energetic. Honestly, the last bar show at Uh, the glass house in pomona that venue was awesome that was like a really cool venue that i was really excited to to go back to and hopefully we will still be able to do shows there but yeah i think the bootlegs my favorite besides the dojo
2: (laughs) you should ask uh, (laughs) ask ask devin what his favorite promotion or venue is he's a fucking dick
3: what's your favorite
1: Cork and Hall I mean I that's the house that sparks oh, That's, so the, that's the house that sparks Bill You know what I mean that's, uh, <laughs> um, Heather you like uh, You like those venues um, And you like those promotions Because the fans are obviously involved They're heavily involved They're right there on the ring uh, Post-COVID-19 world I mean you're not going to have people Banging on the ring I don't know when people are going to be able To be shoulder to shoulder What are you thinking as far as these shows go
3: yeah, I'm, like, genuinely – I'm so curious to know how this is going to go down once once shows start up again because there's already, like, people promoting shows, and I, I have one t- in June tentatively in Texas because they are opened up, but they can only have 25% capacity, and I'm like, what does that look like? And what does it look like to sell merch and take pictures with people? I'm just like – I'm just genuinely curious about like how we're going to live life because we have to live life at some point. And like, I want, I want to be as careful as possible and I don't want to just open up to open things up, but we're going to have to start living with it. And that's going to be mean a lot of changes to our lives and how we do things. Um, And I'm really curious about how wrestling is going to maintain with that, you know? So we'll, we'll see about that.
2: (laughs) That's going to be the real problem with, you know, the, you put the cap on on the amount of fans. I mean, twenty five percent, like that's what promoter is going to be like. This is a good investment to run this show. You know, Dev, you're the, you're the fucking money guy. Go for it.
1: So we actually talked about this before you came on. Um, talked about okay. Let's say a sh- let's say a show in LA, right? They can only have let's say they can only have fifty people. You're gonna have to start charging a hundred. $20 per person in that venue in order to make it make If you have to be spaced out six feet away or whatever the case is, you're going to have to charge an arm and a leg to get in the door to make it worthwhile for the boys or the girls, uh, make it worthwhile for the fans, make it worthwhile for anyone who's going to buy, you know, the online version of this at some point, the I pay per view, whatever. Um, so I'm curious for the who's, can you say who you're working for out in Texas right now?
3: Um, it's hurricane pro. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which it's, it's, that show has been on the books for a very long time and they're kind of like seeing again. Yes. If it's worth it and if they can run it and if it makes sense and if people will do the show.
1: Yeah. Have you seen the ticket prices that are listed?
3: No, no, I don't know. They, I talked to one of them the other day about it because we're still just trying to like navigate and it's, I've worked with them a lot. I'm their women's champion. I really love working for them. Um, But also I have to, take into consideration, do I want to fly? Do I want to mm-hmm. be around people that I'm not sure how they've been doing this quarantine, but at the same time I need to make <clears throat> money. So it's like...
2: You know what my theory is? Right now, if you go to an airport or you fly on a plane, it's probably the safest place right now in the world because that's they're like the ones that are most under pressure. So you got to maintain that high, you know, cleanliness and all that kind of stuff. It's just like restaurants. If you ever hear a restaurant uh, had like a problem, right? A health problem. You go there the week later, it's the cleanest place in the world. So so uh, I'm just giving you guys a heads up on that. And by the way, every restaurant has cockroaches. I'm just letting you know that.
3: Well, I do think that <laughs> in terms of in terms of flying, I do think the amount of people flying is lower, which makes it better than obviously before. But it's just, here's my analogy is when you're driving, you don't worry about yourself getting into an accident. You worry about the other drivers on the road. So I'm not worried about how I'm handling it. I'm worried about how everybody else is handled it around me. And that's, that's my biggest concern.
0: But. Yeah. Yeah. There was a story in the times this morning, I think in that email might've been yesterday or over the weekend, but people are unruly as fuck on airplanes right now. Like if you like go up to your, cause it's assigned seating still on some airlines. I mean, you know, if you fly Southwest, it's first come, but, they were saying that dude was like, "Yo, get the fuck away from me!" And the stewardess is like, "This is the dude's seat." And it's just, yeah. So uh, I'm with you there, Heather. Like, how do you, how do you get on an airplane? I mean, my like again, six feet is a damn airplane ain't that big. Like, how do you, how do you distance? You just can't. It's just not even possible.
3: My so my friend actually flew because uh, she was going to school in Chicago and she just finished up. So she's flying back home. She flew back home to L.A. And she said when she got on her flight, there was like four people on it and they they handed out masks and hand sanitizers when they got on the plane. So I'm like, they're definitely taking precautions, but it's still you just have to kind of figure out what you want to risk, I guess. By the the way,
2: four people on the flight. That sounds like the greatest flight I've ever heard of. Right.
3: (laughs) because No one's flying right now, which is how it should be, like unless they absolutely have to. Which is like, but I, I do need to make money. It's it's such a weird like conundrum too because I don't want people to think I'm being irresponsible either, or I don't want them to think Hurricane Pro is being irresponsible because I, I don't think they're irresponsible people. They everyone just wants to go back to to life, but yeah, you got to do some never, research for that.
2: You, you never know because by the time the show comes around, like they might just be like, yeah, sorry, we got to cancel it. But there's nothing wrong with keeping plans to have a show. And then just as you get closer, you see where it's at. I was telling Devin earlier, like, it just seems like it's always like one step, you know, one step forward, two steps back. You never know what's going on. You know, none of these politicians know what's happening. Uh, you know, they say one thing and then the next day they, they say, oh, never forget that. Let's go this way. It's like that. We we're wearing face masks. At first they were like, oh, it, it's not that big of a deal. It won't really help that much anyways. And then they're like, oh, put them on. Got mandatory now. You got to have them on. It's just everything's up in the air the politicians are being put to the test right now and they're getting exposed. Like they don't know what the fuck they're doing.
3: So, yeah. Well, and I think the problem is everybody wants answers right now and they're just feeding them whatever they can, instead of being like, when we know we'll let you know, because that's the smart way to do it. But then everyone's like, we need answers. And that's why everyone's protesting because they're like, we want answers, but they need to just take a step back and realize that science takes a little bit more time than that. very but much I, I also panic read every day <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> the
1: first two weeks of, the first two weeks of the quarantine i didn't sleep i like didn't sleep i was up reading every article was on that website where it's showing you all the numbers oh shit 20 more people died in the last half a second of me reading this like okay cool
2: Let's jump over to uh, questions. You want to Well, t- wait, wait, wait I'm not, done. Question, I'm not or- done.
1: I'm not done. Wait, wait, I'm not done. Do you- right. <clears throat> Hold on. Wait, wait. What else is is there anything else worth noteworthy that you're like, "Fuck, dude, I had this booking and that, and I was going to go to the UK," oh, or like, is there anything cool? By the way, this-
2: by the way, Dev, Heather, you got your so you're booked that SoCal Pro against Tessa.
3: Yeah. I was really excited about that one. Oh, yeah. But I I had a huge and that got canceled. I that's that's what I mean by like my career was really like about to fucking hit its peak and hit its stride because I was supposed to have shimmer weekend or shimmer in uh, mania weekend, as well as a couple other bookings there. And then I was supposed to be doing NWA. And then I was in that same week I was doing ROH and Damn. it was just like, I just had a lot going on that it, it, I hope picks back up. I know that ROH will pick back up again. Cause they are the MVPs, man. They paid us all. Even though none wow. of us are on contract, it was a it was a I want to say sixteen person tournament for the women's championship. Wow! And um, they paid us all, even though most of us aren't contracted. And I awesome. I think that's like hugely admirable of them. And I think what they're doing right now to like rebuild themselves is going to be major once things are back on track.
2: That, that that's, that's that's fucking awesome that they did
1: that. Yeah, that's you know, a I've, big weekend to have missed. <laughs> Yeah,
3: <laughs> it was all. Week into it day. was all the same week. I had. I was going oh, to the Crockett. I was going to Crockett Cup, and then doing the tapings Monday, Tuesday, and then I flew home Wednesday night. Had Thursday, and then left uh, Friday for ROH, and then went to Memphis right after for the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, was running a show there. <sighs> yeah. April April was the month I was like, I literally told my boss before any of this happened because I was working a shoot job. I was like, hey, I'm not going to be here all of April, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I can work from home if you need me to. And then that's when he was like, well, if you do that, you can't come back for two weeks because of coronavirus. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then this <laughs> happened. And now Jesus. I don't have a shoot job or a wrestling job anymore. <laughs> that's deadly. So join that's my cool. Patreon. <laughs>
2: ahead, put, 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 put that over real quick Heather put the put the patreon over
3: yes okay I have the patreon I only have one tier right now it's very simple it's only five bucks and ex- I get, you get exclusive content I'm gonna be adding another tier for workout videos and at home like workouts and stuff like that for ten dollars um and uh that's kind of my main source of income right now and actually I'm like incredibly thankful for the support I've gotten because that gave me I would say half of my rent last month. So
1: wow, very. Do you very have a pro wrestling tees pro wrestling tees store?
3: I do. Yes, I have a pro wrestling tees. I also have uh, like t-shirts that I have. I'm gonna be hopefully getting a site up to to do more of that stuff with my eight by tens and stuff. And I have gear for sale too. So Heather Monroe Booking at gmail.com.
2: And Heather, now put over your Tinder account.
3: <laughs> I do not have one. I didn't bite the bullet on that. I refuse to have Zoom dates with anybody. Yo, Heather, you're you're,
2: uh, you're you're younger. How
3: have you done the online? I, I just turned stuff? thirty.
2: You're talking to a 30,
1: 37
3: year old. I'm almost forty.
1: boy! Um, I gotta look for a new tag partner real soon. Exactly. <laughs>
2: You, uh, did you ever do the online dating stuff when you were younger? Was that like a thing?
3: Yes, I did. I did it well, I did it a little bit when I first moved out here. Um, I just don't like it. I like to know people first before any of that. Like, so
2: I feel that's really strange.
3: Yeah, I did it. I did it when I first moved out here. I was in a relationship, obviously, for a few years, and then after that, I I <clears throat> did it off and on, but I was just like. It's just not for me. I've, I've met a few people from it, and they were all very lovely humans. But I just... I'm also bad at, like, flirting over text. I'm, like, really bad at it. I think it's because I'm, I'm really weird, and I don't think it comes across over text. It comes across better in person, like, because I'm endearing when I'm weird then. But they don't know me over text. So it's like, it was this weirdo.
2: When that whole, uh, like, online dating stuff started to kind of, like, happen... I was still in the nightclub industry and a few of the guys, uh, had told me about it. The first they told me about plenty of fish. And I was like, I was like, well, one, you needed a, a a computer to do this stuff or like an iPhone. I didn't have either. And I was like, that's kind of weird, man. And then when it really started picking up all this like online dating stuff, I had already uh, started dating my wife. So I, I, it's still to this day, I'm like, it's kind of, it just kind of weirds me out.
3: Yeah, I don't like it. I've done it a couple times. I'll probably do it again. Who knows? <laughs> I feel. I
2: feel like that's what everybody.
3: Otherwise, does I'm just meeting wrestlers. That's uh-huh. like whatever. Or fans.
0: <laughs> Stupid wrestlers. Stupid <laughs> wrestlers.
3: But no, I, I I make I have too many friends, and I'm like I have a lot of guy friends, so it's it's weird for me to think of it that way. So that's you, why I need to meet someone outside of it.
2: You seem like the. I mean, we've only hung out like you know x amount of times but you seem like uh, the kind of chick that can hang with dudes
3: that's always been how i am how do you think i got into wrestling in the first place <laughs> like yeah, me and yeah. four guys when i was 11 having pay-per-view parties i'm sure my mom thought something of that
2: was that what was that, <laughs> did you have a? Uh, did you have brothers
3: no it was it was me and my sister and actually i think it's because my dad is super duper athletic he like played every sport in high school and college and i think me wanting to like relate to him made me like that
2: <laughs> did you play sports
3: i didn't I tried really hard <laughs> I tried really hard to be sporty <laughs> i play i played i did uh dance i danced for many years and I did tennis and I tried really hard to play basketball and I tried super hard to be a softball player and I just wasn't good
2: wait did you play did you play tennis in high school yeah that's a tough sport. I don't care what anybody says. I tennis is tough. love
3: tennis too. It's such a good workout and it's such a fun game, but I am a very competitive person. So I got in trouble because if something didn't go right, I would, I've thrown and broken my racket a couple of times.
2: That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> me, and, me and my, uh, me and my hockey teammates got uh, a hockey banned from my high school. Cause we've gotten too many fights.
3: Wow. Yeah, I nice. fucking love that sport. Oh, I did show choir, which if Yuma didn't talk to you about that. Uh, Yuma, did,
2: Yuma did show choir. Yeah. Shout
3: out to Yuma. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. That's we
3: talk cool. about show choir because <laughs> we were nerds.
2: Dude,
1: we were all nerds. I know. Everybody was nerds.
3: We're just nerds with muscles now. <laughs> <Def>?
1: <laughs> I'm a body guy now. So, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs>
2: All right, let's do uh, let's do these questions. Ted, can we hit these fan questions up and we'll just go we'll just kind of shotgun them real fast.
0: Yeah, I just want to you know start by saying that I was not a nerd. So
1: uh, <laughs> he grew yeah. into it.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't become yeah. a nerd until I was older. As I have all this Lego shit in my fucking studio here. Anyway, don't okay. mind the
1: Star Wars picture
0: behind you. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a keepsake. All right, so uh, here's a great question that came again from our guy Drew Pa Drew Pa. Uh, that I would love to hear, uh, Heather, your response here as well. So it says, uh, who have you wrestled in the past that you had really great chemistry with in the ring? So maybe like a, somebody you, uh, you guys might have done programs with or any specific uh, person come to mind when you hear that question.
2: Heather, ladies first.
3: Uh, I have like a bunch of people... I I feel really fortunate in that regard. I have like a lot of people that I have good chemistry with, but I would say one of my favorites to wrestle um, is Sandra Moon. I think she's so, so good. And I was there from like when she first started wrestling and we had chemistry just like right off the bat, even when she was brand spanking new. Um, And I feel like every time I get into the ring with her, we have a better match and a better match and a better match. So I love working with her.
2: Vegas girl, right?
3: Yes. She's out of FSW. She actually broke her collarbone. Right. Like not right before. Actually, she was like literally about to come back (laughs) before all this stuff happened. But, um, yeah, I have really good chemistry with her. I love working with Sandra.
1: Dev, you want to go next? Yeah. Uh, back in the day it was Willie Mack. Uh, we, for whatever (laughs) reason, we wrestled so many times and it was just every time I was like, all right, you know what you're doing going in there and he's a big dude. I'm not. So I just sold for shit. like, I got to do like the fun oversell on stuff on just about everything. So I love that. And then uh, Chris Evans, for whatever reason, uh, I helped train him. And then <laughs> that's probably why he takes after me. <laughs> no, but I helped. I helped train him originally. And then every every time we want to uh, we ended up in a match together. He's like, I want to do this, this and this. I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that. <laughs> I have no interest in doing any of that. And then we do the match anyway. And, I'm, and then I blow him up and I'm like, that's right. Take that. So it <laughs> worked out okay.
2: I would have to say uh, Ricky Mandel first. Like That was my first experience. Uh, he was really easy to work with. Him and I had really good matches. Uh, and then a gentleman out in Arizona named Alvick Reiner. I had really good matches with him out there, and they were so simple. And then, uh, Heather, one of your boys, Dom Kubrick.
3: Oh, I love Dom. My, he's my tag team partner. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> we're uh, just friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: he, uh, him and I uh, work awesome. at Ground Zero uh, together. And, man, the first match we had... It was fantastic, and uh, it was so funny because he was, he he was really stressing over like certain spots, right? And he, you know, Heather, you know him better than me, but he was just very like stressed out, like thinking of these spots. And I'm like, Dom, relax, man. The more complicated you make it, the less the less realistic it's going to be. So he kind of thought of this, a lot of the spots, and I kind of, you know, took it down a notch a little bit, and we it, it worked out well, man. Our first match was really fun. He did a great job. And uh, I think I'm supposed to have a few more matches with him, but I'll put him on the list. I'm sure there's more, too.
3: I'll put over Dom Kubrick right now because Dom is so good. He's so talented. He has a great look. He's so creative with the spots that he comes up with. Like, we'll come into having to do a tag team match and he'll be like, "Okay, here's a couple things that I thought of. But he's so like chaotic energy, too, when he does it. But he's so innovative and smart and I, I just like hope once this is over pe- more people and can really like see what he does because he's like that. Eh, and then he gets in the ring and he's the one of my favorite characters ever in wrestling mm-hmm. too. Um, I'll also, who was I going to say? Oh no. Now I forgot. I can have I somebody else real fast. I yes. think
2: the first time I met Dom was Uh, back. Uh, we, we were doing like a thing for AWS and we are like, not even in the back parking lot where we're in the kitchen to be, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're we're gearing up in the kitchen and I forgot who I was talking. I was talking to like Bateman and uh, Ray Rosas or something like that. And Dom is just sitting there silent the whole time laughing and I'm like, is this guy stoned? Is this guy like, what is wrong? Like he doesn't, but like, he just, although, like the whole time he's just silent and he's like, he's laughing. And I'm like, this guy is fucking weird, man. But he's like, he's a, he's a good guy. I like him a lot.
3: Yeah. I, he's one of my favorites. Um, I was thinking too of, of Brittany wonder whenever I've wrestled oh, Brittany yeah. wonder, um, we, we can literally not call anything and just go to a match. And we never trained together anything like that. But we, it's it's so easy to work with her and like easy to feed off each other too and she's one of my favorites uh chemistry wise for sure
2: i like uh i've met her a couple times out in arizona she's fun Mm
3: uh
2: dev did you have anything else to say or
1: oh uh, not really you were just talking about how uh when you're working with dom uh you helped him bring it down a couple notches i was just thinking in my head i know every time we we tag together. You bring our match down a couple stars, so it's the same thing. But it's just, <laughs> no big deal.
2: No big deal, man. You know that's why I got you there to just a promo. <laughs> uh, Ted, do we have another question? Or what do you guys want to do? You guys want to do? do one more question?
3: Yeah, we need more questions. Let's do
2: one more question.
0: All right, so this is uh, this is just gonna sound like you've never heard this question before, but uh, dream opponents. Uh, any thoughts on dream opponents, uh, current indie wrestlers, or mainstream, and why?
2: Heather,
3: go
0: for it. This is my one of my least favorite questions to answer. Yeah, I just sorry.
3: I I uh I'll just say what I've been saying. Um, I really want to wrestle Chris Bay, like really bad. So I would really like to wrestle him. I'm trying to think of. Um, I want to wrestle um uh Lainey Luck. And hi, An, And um, those are kind of my main, my main people that I would like to, to work with.
1: Dev, you're next. Uh, so when I was in, uh, in Japan, everyone was saying I looked like uh, Zack Sabre Jr. And then even here, people were saying I look like Jack, Zack Sabre Jr. So what I want to do is I want to drop 20 pounds to get to look like Zack Sabre Jr. but keep my evil mustache the one, the fucking twisty mustache, so it just looks like Zack Sabre Jr. versus like be- evil Zack Sabre Jr. and that's my dream match. <laughs> that would be my dream opponent. <laughs>
2: That'd be a, that's a good one. I would uh, probably, uh, I would probably just like realistically, I'd probably go with Pop- Bobby Quants, uh because he is still local. I still talk to him. I've trained with him a couple times, and I would, I would love to have bring him back and have a match with him. Uh, dream match would probably be like what Stone Cold like Hogan something real simple
3: yes I would say Lita would be my like ultimate dream match
2: Def who would you go with like like say like a dream match like I'd like go with Flair it's never gonna happen
3: Flair yeah I, I, man I, I want, I agree I want him to take too, me man.
1: 60 I want him to take me 60 and shit yeah, your ass shit. would blow up in five <laughs> that's the point I want him to, I want to test him I want to see if he can do it <laughs> take me there brother
2: All right, man. All right, we gonna do any uh, more questions, or is that we're uh, we're going on an hour, going on sixty right now? Well, the one
0: thing uh, this isn't a question, but uh, you know, we're talking a lot about Santino Brothers and uh, the time you spent there, Heather, Um, and obviously tragic news in the last couple of days. We're recording on Monday, the eleventh. I should note uh, Supreme passing away. Uh, Just wondering if you have anything. any interesting stories, any of you guys really? I mean, uh, if, if you ever worked with Supreme or uh, again, anything there for you?
3: I didn't really get to know him very well. Um, he started running classes every Friday and I know a lot of the like trainees that were getting close to debuting were working really closely with him. And I, Santino bros wouldn't even be a thing without Supreme. Like, he's the reason Joey is where he's at so um I owe a lot to that despite not really knowing him well the only real memories I have of him is how much of a sweetheart he was which is like mind-blowing if you think about his career but the the only time we had like much of a conversation was the last Santino show I had a match with Andy Brown and after the show he came up to me and he was like he gave me praise and like told me how good I was and like he was always there to like tell you what you could do better and give you praise if, if he thought you did a good job. And I, I wasn't fortunate enough to know him very well, but I, I just feel devastated for, for Joey and Sylvia, who've already been going through so much and to lose him as well as like Eli and the people that were like a little bit more close to him. Um, It's just, he was, he was a big part of Santino's in a way that I don't think I even understood until more recently when he came back around. Um, But yeah very
2: very sad dev did you have any interaction with him no i didn't yeah i never uh, i never got the opportunity to meet him but uh sad uh you can tell from all the all the people that are uh writing stories about him that he seemed like a pretty good dude and to find out he was he was wrestling with a pacemaker uh i believe am i correct on that heather
3: i, uh, I don't know
2: i heard he had like a pace and that's i mean that's mind-blowing i don't know too much about pacemakers but to be wrestling and doing something high endurance like with that's incredible but he
3: was about to have a death match with eli at she our was... march show yeah it's crazy
2: yeah. I'm, I'm it's sad to hear you know whenever you hear one of the one of the uh the boys of you know passes away that's it's a sad thing so but condolences to him and his family man
0: yeah and before we jump off it just r.i.p obviously um masked republic who we all know and lapel yeah they're selling a Supreme T uh, T-shirt Supreme tribute T-shirt. So com, And uh, again, a hundred percent of those proceeds do go directly uh, to Supreme's wife, Karen and son. So shout out, shout out Supreme.
3: I think they have a GoFundMe too. Yeah. You can find all mm-hmm. that
0: stuff again, uh, at Hogsman pod, uh, Twitter. We've been retweeting as much as we can, uh, to let people know, spread the love in the community and all that. So thoughts to everybody who was affected by that. And, uh, like I said, lapelya.com. Uh, buy a t shirt. Uh, it helps out uh, the family with all of those, all those things you don't think you gotta th- gotta pay about. And then you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. All
2: right, excellent, Dev. I think we're uh, we're it's about time to take it home, brother. Let's <laughs> do it, doing, man. All right, Heather, put over your Patreon. Your Pro Wrestling Tees and your Tinder once again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, so Patreon Heather Monroe, Pro wrestling tees, Heather Monroe, and then uh follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Heather is me.
2: Excellent. Heather is me. Heather is
3: her.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then uh yeah, that's it, man. Thank you for listening to this uh week's episode. Uh please uh follow us on hogsandpod.com or hogs at hogsmanpod. Instagram and Twitter. Am I correct on that, Dev?
1: Yeah. And on YouTube. Right.
2: And on YouTube. Uh, what else is there, Dev? Go for it, man. This is your thing.
1: That's it. That's all we got, bro. That's everything. Heather, you hit it. appreciate
2: you coming on.
3: Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Our first intergender interview. And uh, go, listening, go listen to us uh, at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and shout out to 10 Barrel Pub, Pub Beer, Cheap Fun Beer. Go get you some. And uh Dev, am I missing anything? That's it, bro. Ted, am I missing anything?
0: You got it, man. Hogsmanpod.com. Teach your local promoters how to subscribe. All right. <laughs> and I just
2: uh, you know, fuck Andy Brown. Fuck Aww. Andy Brown.
0: No Heather. No,
2: Heather. <laughs> I answer, love Andy Brown. <laughs> All right. Hey Dev, if they want the if they want the tip, what do they gotta take? You gotta take the whole hog. Excellent. Adios. Johnny Yuma, next week. I've
0: got big balls